Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Thurtan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. And here I am, the people's champ, voted by the listeners. I mean, uh, I can't say anything other than the, the listeners keep growing. So, uh, It's by you guys. Thank you. I am becoming the champ little by little with my sidekick, JT, who will be joining us real soon. Welcome, everyone. Fantasy Jester Show here on this beautiful, beautiful evening. We've got a nice 76 degrees here, Leesburg, Florida. Absolutely gorgeous night. I hope it is as beautiful wherever you are tonight as it is here. Enjoy the next hour and a half. We're going to bring you tonight free air, free air. What's and it says here? Let's see what the write-up says. Jester's pulled it off tonight. Free air. That's right. Without a question, Jester pulls off another one. I guess at some point I'll be talking about that. Folks, Fantasy Jester Show, you know, it's one of the quickest and fast-growing sports shows out there. It combines insider information, great topics, interesting guests, fantasy stats, and information from all the major sports and more. We cover up all the sports, actually. And it comes with a little humor, a little ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> it's brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, BreadFromYourBed.com, Deep Obsession Charters. Hey, I guess who forgot to shut off the sound on his phone tonight? You know, it's funny. I almost forgot to log in, too. I was talking with JT. I've been, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little drunk right now. Not on alcohol. On, on, um, on prime rib. But that's besides the point. That's a whole other topic that JT doesn't really want to talk about. Somebody missed out. But anyway, uh, no, so as I was saying, before I was rudely interrupted by my little phone next to me, brought to you by breadfromyourbed.com, Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach, best damn dive company out there in Charter, Glenn Metalcraft, Luigi County, and 84 Lumber. All those fine people help bring you me. Hi there. Isn't that nice of them? Well, on this week's show, MLB. First off, because we go through all the sports. If you're new here, haven't listened to us before, either on FantasyJesterSports.com or on iTunes, Fantasy Jester Show. That covers all the shows, not just this one, but also FXE Live, our wrestling podcast on Wednesdays, and the soon-to-be-coming, we're going to have that announcement next week, Gridiron Guys are back, football season's about to kick off, so we're going to get that underway. So tonight, though, on the show, MLB, St. Louis General Manager John Mozilek came out and says, no job is safe. No job is safe. And he switched a bunch of bench coaches, hitting coach, third base coach, a lot of BS moves, furniture. Uh, 
moves at the best. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's not going to make a big difference. It's not what they need. The third base, and we're going to get into that. Never mind. I, I was already getting into it. And, uh, you know, what is the solution there? And we'll talk about that. And also, what is the KC solution? I mean, wasn't this supposed to be all of a sudden a young team on the rise and the, oh my God, they're putting it all together. And, uh, you know, you got Moustakas, you got Hosmer and, oh my God, you know, we're really going to put these uh, guys together and the pitching staff. And they were a couple of years ago, maybe three, four, five years ago, they were the hot team before Houston and Chicago were the hot teams. And a lot of people thought that, KC would be one of the teams they're fighting along with the Chicago's and the Houston's that you're seeing do well now. And uh, somehow it's all falling apart. So we'll talk to JT about that. NBA playoffs. Who's getting their free taco? That's right. Don't forget, you get your free taco this week. Uh, what is it? The 13th? We'll double check on that one. Between two and four you get a free taco uh, because of, uh, I don't know, some BS, man. I'll tell you, I hate it. I just, I hate having to talk about basketball. I just want that everybody get look into it. You can get a free uh, Loco Taco or Doritos Loco Taco and uh, enjoy. Uh, that, that taco and the accompanying heartburn that you probably get from it is still better than the NBA playoffs. But We'll talk about it. NHL. We're here. I can't believe it. After the first two games, it looked like it was going to be a sweep. And then uh, Nashville wins there to hold serve at their place. Tonight, pucks uh, already dropped. We're going to go ahead and uh, let's see. We're going to talk about. I, I, you know, here's the problem. Here's the problem. You have a superstar who has had concussions. You'd think he'd be sensitive to headshots in general. And then you have this supposed superstar face of the NHL, or one of them right now. And there he is standing over Subban. Now, I don't care how much I don't like Subban. I really don't care. But there he is just repeatedly punching him in the head. Now, forget the fact that for whatever reason, there was not much of a call on it. But okay, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what, how, does, how, does, how does JT, a Pittsburgh fan, defend something like Crosby doing that? You know, so, and we'll go, obviously talk about where the playoffs are going from here now, right now, you know, Pittsburgh's, uh, Pittsburgh's up three to two, trying to close it out tonight. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. We'll try and keep, get you updates as the uh, night progresses so that you have an idea of where that's going. Uh, right now, the Yankees are spanking the hell out of the Orioles. Nine, nothing second inning. Thank you for that bit of news, folks. Really appreciate that. Um, but anyway, and then also in the NFL, we're going to go ahead. We'll talk. Uh, we're going to talk. Tate Dello did another article. He brought you the quarterbacks, uh, fantasy quarterbacks, 
top five and, and threw in a couple of what the rookies to look at. If you haven't had a chance, go back, fantasyjusticesports.com, go to the NFL section and uh, pull up that article by Tate. And Tate now recently just put up, he's done his uh, running back ratings. So, you know, really looking forward to that. And I uh, want to talk to JT about that, how he feels I have some very distinct opinions about it because while I like uh, Tate's writing uh, and the amount of work that he puts into it, I can't say I agree with the list. It'll be interesting to see if JT does. So, um, you know, I was going to go ahead and rant tonight. I've got nothing to rant about. That's my rant. Everything's going fantastic. I mean, I, I really, what's to rant about? I can, I can rant that I have to bring in JT, but that's about it. I mean, everything's going fantastic. Sports world's good. Yankees are holding tight. I saw the Yankees are the second best uh, uh, ERA in, in the American League. That's that's funny. I find that funny somehow that there's no way that lasts with that staff, that starting staff. Rant, rant, rant. I got a rant that I don't have a friggin' rant. That is my rant. Everything's good. FXE's going fantastic. We got some stuff coming up with that. Sports is going great. We're getting ready for football. Getting ready for uh, Tampa Bay. I'm going to be looking forward to that. I I can't. That's it. That's my rant. My rant is there's no damn rant. My rant is that I'm still not getting to what the free air is about. Tonight, free air. I've pulled it off. Free air. That's right. Without a question, just to pull off another one. I love how they write this stuff up. Uh, that is absolutely fantastic. Let's bring him in. I really don't have a rant. I'm not complaining. JT will complain that I'm not complaining. Watch. I don't know. Let's find out. You know him as Fez437 on Twitter. I know him as a friend and a brother. JT Jason Townsend coming to you from Texas. How are you tonight, sir? You know, I'm great. And I sit here and think, man, I wish he would have had a rant because it took him longer to tell us that he didn't have a damn rant than it would have been if he had a rant. I tried. So, I tried to bitch you know, and complain. You know, you know me. Exactly. But you know, it's funny. You're talking about free air. And all I can think about is a mustache clad Mel Brooks. In space balls. <laughs> it's just like free air. We're stealing the Perry air from Dick Van Patten <laughs> and his druid. That's great. You know, so uh, all I can think about as you were saying that is killing me. But, you know, you bring up Pittsburgh. I, I can't wait to get into that. Uh, talk about a home ice series, by the way. Uh, you, know, you know, let's talk about it right now. Let's start out with, with we don't have to absolutely. have any particular order. Let's go with it. You let's, know, go with, let's go with you know, NHL. Look at that. You, you know, you're talking about a home ice series. I mean, Pittsburgh dominates the first two games. I'm flapping my gums last Saturday night about it. Next thing you know, we switch uh, switch uh, venues over to Nashville, and it's like, who who the hell are these people wearing the Penguins uniforms? Because I didn't see these people in game one and two. And then, sure enough, 6 nothing in game five. So it's like, wow. I mean, home ice. On display uh, in the NHL. Home ice is on display. It has really been, I have to say, it's been very entertaining. Uh, I don't really have a horse in the race, obviously. So 
Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. watching as a pure hockey fan. And from a pure uh, – as a hockey fan, hockey lover, uh, and just watching two teams go at it, they have been the epitome of what I love about this sport. The speed, the hitting, the shooting, the, mm-hmm. pay, the playmaking, just everything. Some of the saves. It's just been right. an amazing series. And that home ice – that home you were ice. About some of that hitting earlier. No, listen. No, I like the hard hitting. I like it I, as long as it's clean. I've always been big fan of hard, clean, tough mm-hmm. games, no, and, and and all that. I just didn't but understand. I didn't uh, understand what he was doing. Problem. A guy that's got that, that has concussion problems sitting there pounding on somebody's head while he's down prone Fair on the ice. Fair enough. Here's what I think. Here's what I think in this whole situation. If you go back and look at Game Two and Game Three in particular, uh, the few shots that Mr. Subban, with his elbow to Mr. Crosby's jaw on several different trips down the ice, uh, I think at this point Sidney Crosby finally did something that he needed to do, which is show that he's got a pair. Uh, no, he didn't. Get in there. He showed he had a pair get while the there. guy was down. He should have just stood hey, you got to take your chances when you get. <laughs> you you got to take the chances you get at this point. Okay, beggars can't be choosers, Jester. I mean, come on. Um, at any time you know he could stand there and go, all right, let's go. At well, any no, time. You can't do that. You don't. You don't trade. You don't trade Sidney Crosby for Subban in, in any situation where you could see a, a five-minute major or anything of that. You don't trade that. Take so that wasn't a penalty. Down. That 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 shouldn't have been a five minute major as he's punching the guy prone on the ice down on the ice. Absolutely not. not. Oh my lord! No, that affects whether my team wins the finals or not. So no, <laughs> that doesn't. Come on, absolutely not. That doesn't. That's not a penalty. What are you thinking? I gotta be honest. So you we're talking about that home home ice advantage though. It is great to hear the crowds at the game. Nashville came and brought it and. Uh, it made Pittsburgh fans stand up, and look what it did to their team. Their team felt it, and that, that Pittsburgh team was juiced by it. As much as – Hey, now, wait a minute. Hey, listen, Nashville's going to win that. tonight. We're going to go to game seven. Oh, well, wait, you, I'm not going to disagree with that. The, you know, the history of the series so far says you're right. But, you know, I have to ask. So, hearing that Nashville crowd in games three and four – it kind of makes you wonder where WWE ranks in Nashville because we always make fun of the crickets and, uh, you know, the wind we could hear breaking in the arena when the WWE came to Nashville. We thought maybe just Nashville people in general didn't have the heart or the lungs for this kind of thing. But, man, I tell you what, in came three or four, that was uh, obviously not the case. It was, was, you know, it was funny. I'm watching the game and I'm multitasking. I'm on the computer and watching the game at the same time. And I'm listening to just the noise that that crowd was bringing. I was, I was very impressed. I was very impressed uh, because it was one of the louder crowds I've literally ever heard for, for a hockey game. They are disruptive there. And that's fantastic. College yeah. atmosphere in that crowd too. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, fine. Great job. Though I mean, it's been it's been exactly what 
I'm sure Mr. Bettman in the NHL would want to see a tightly contested series, at least. Um, you know, some of your stars on display, obviously the punching incident is not something he probably wanted to see, but the this is the one sport where I don't think it means near as much as if it were, let's say, Steph Curry standing over top of LeBron James, punching him in the face as he's laying motionless on the floor. Um, you know, I, I think this is the one sport where the fans say, so what, it's hockey, get over it, move on. Uh, that's right, pretty much. You know, it, it, and that's one of the things I like about the NHL fan. It's like, so what? It's hockey. Big deal. It's over with. Let's go to the next game. Uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned the NBA earlier. Um, you know, what an absolute travesty uh, the NBA Finals has been up to this point. Uh, before we go into that, restaurant. though. Yeah, no, huh? before we go into – before the NBA and all that – there is one thing I do want to touch on with the uh, with the NHL, and in particular, what you're saying about the crowd in Nashville. It, it, it's something that I was just talking to people about the Tampa Bay Rays down here, and I'll give you an example. Nashville, kudos to that organization, because apparently they have done well to make the fan experience as such, they've created that atmosphere for the fan, and the fan has bought into it. Now, you take a look at Tampa. You take a look at the three major sports that they have in Tampa. The ones that are catering to the fan are also the successful ones. Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, on the rise. Their fans are engaged. They, they, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic atmosphere. You go to a lightning game, and there is so much going on there for the fan. It's unbelievable. And the lightning have an unbelievable following. Then you go to the Tampa Bay Rays, the redheaded stepchild of Tampa sports. They really are. It's, it's terrible. And you go to the game, and it is quiet. It's not like a hockey game in Nashville. Hell, it's not even like a hockey game in its own city. How do you get noise out of a southern team, out of a Florida fan base for a hockey game, but you can't get it for, their, for a team? Listen, they were struggling. They couldn't sell out when they were going to the playoffs because they've made it terrible for the fan. It's a rundown stadium. It's impossible to get to. And they don't really do much fan interaction entertainment as much as they could. So uh, I just wanted to say more kudos to Nashville for it because it's great to see that. Well, you look at it and they're into it. It's it's not – it's a lot – well, remember when they moved to Nashville, there were a lot of uh, people opposed to that saying that Nashville – there's no way Nashville could be a hockey town – uh, you know, there's no way that that team could thrive or survive in that city. And like you just said, the ownership and city itself has done a great job in, in finding ways to get the city of Nashville to embrace that team. And, well, here you are. Yeah, it is, uh, again, like I said, it's fantastic. It, it is great to see how the individual cities are really uh, doing fantastic despite Beck. Batman at the helm, uh, getting the fan base <laughs> energized. Yeah, it really is. It's it's great to see. Let's go ahead. You wanted to go ahead. 
I don't know why you want yeah, to talk about basketball. Oh, we, no, we have to. We have to. Come on. We we cover all sports. No matter how ridiculous the sport is, we cover it. So hmm. at this point, we, we got – you know, I got to say, though, I, I know it's 3-1 to one now in the series, but I really enjoyed game three in particular. Uh, me and the aforementioned uh, writer for FantasyJesterSports.com, Tate Dello, were out at a local establishment here in Dallas-Fort Worth area. For, uh, to grab a little late night snack after uh, FXE on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. uh, we're sitting at this place where there's a ton of Cleveland Cavalier fans, and you want to talk about just people want to pick on Philadelphia fans and New York fans as being loudmouth, this, that, and the other. These guys were absolute morons. Okay, in people's face, there was a little girl with her family that had their little cheerleader, Golden State cheerleader outfit on. You know, uh-huh. with her dad, and as they walk by, this guy gets down on one knee and basically screams in this girl's face. Uh, now, had I been that girl's father, that Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> fan would have been a spot on the ground. Uh, but my point is, just to see them choke it up and lose that game made the finals completely worth it for me. Oh, it was so far, the only thing good out of it, like I said, is I'm going to get a free taco. <laughs> yeah, but the heart turn's totally not worth it. Uh, but, hey, here's a thought. Maybe somebody's listening in the league office to the Fantasy Jester show. As I have seen a few, maybe erroneous, who knows? It's the NBA, so who knows what they're told to write. But uh, some reports that the NBA is feeling in the front office that they need to do something to address these super teams and some of the other teams that are basically bottom feeders year in and year out by Joey Cage or 76ers might be in trouble. Um, yeah. But, you know, at this point, some of these teams that are bottom feeding and doing it on purpose by the looks of things um, to address the lack of interest in the lowest rated NBA finals in quite some time. It, is, it has to be addressed. They They have to. There's no way – there's no way that they can't hear their fan base, let alone me. And uh, it's funny you should say that, though, because it wouldn't be the first time since uh, we've come on air. It's been a couple of times we've questioned, okay, who's listening? Because things have happened shortly, very shortly after I've said something. So, And uh, this wouldn't be the first time. No, let me tell you something. The NBA game, it is – It's not fun. There's no suspense. We really listen. Who won that game? Did Cleveland win that game or did the refs? Let's be honest. Anybody watching that knows Cleveland didn't win that game. Anybody watching? It's an insult to everybody's intelligence. It really, that's the biggest part. Mm-hmm. And I find it offensive that they put this product out there. I find it truly, truly offensive that this is what they're giving the fan, the basketball fan, as a product of here. Here's our best effort at competitive, exciting basketball. That's your best effort. If that's your best effort, go become a janitor somewhere because that's about what your effort is worth. Shit. Well, exactly. And and let's be real. Do you remember – Back, let's say, 
early 90s when uh, Barkley, Charles Barkley was in Phoenix, Jeff Hornacek, Kevin, you know, Kevin Johnson, you had that whole crew. And everybody was always saying that Phoenix would never really be a legitimate title contender because they played no defense. They scored, they just scored, scored too much, but they just couldn't stop anybody. And now I look at the end of the third quarter or midway through the fourth quarter and we're at 130 points in these games. And it's like, where the hell is the defense? It looks like an all-star game. It's, it, it, you know, and, 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 and again, I got to quote one of my favorite fictitious managers of all time in Lou Brown. You know, I've had enough of this Olay bullshit. You know, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. when are we going to get in front of someone, take a charge, play some defense, make it exciting? Uh, I'd like to see the NBA kind of stop. You with can't the do that tax fouls. Well, get rid of you the can't do that fouls. Now. Let's, you know, let's let Bill Lambeer clobber somebody coming down the lane and get an and one if they earn it. You know, not oh, if you give somebody a, minute, a stiff minute. shoulder these days, you're causing a, a causing unbelievable commotion. First of all, you, you're going to start a fight, and then second, the media will be all over you. Look at with stuff with right. Draymond Green. I mean, the dirtiest right. man, and right. uh, Kelly Olnick, the dirtiest let man. And, let me ask you this, and I know this guy. Anyone listening, you're going to say, "Well, this guy has a history." Well, I don't care whether you have a history or not. The point is, how can DeMarcus Cousins actually get a technical foul for giving the referee a dirty look? The referee, after the game, during the season, when I went back, actually said, I didn't like the way he looked at me. So Mm -hmm. a dirty look is a technical foul now. God, Bill Lambeer and Bill Cartwright, those guys would have never made it out of the first quarter. (laughs) They would have been been banned from basketball. Seriously, they would have never like, been able. He, yeah, they would never be They would have been suspended. What professional sport have you ever heard a official give a foul or a penalty for a dirty look? I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's enough for me. Well, you know, uh, and, and talking about sometimes that I'm able to go ahead and say something and hope that, you know, somebody's out there is listening uh, today. And uh, as we go ahead, let's go move on to a little bit of baseball. I just, I, I can't stay at basketball. I can, I can oh, bet yeah, you complain about basketball for your night if you want me to. So let's go There's to some happy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> There's the brand a little late today, but there it is folks. Um, no, I went ahead and I, I'll give you an idea. Here's what kind of dirty player I am, folks. I will go ahead. I will pick up a player that hasn't been called up yet and then tweet the team, tweet the media and everything else about how they should make moves so that this player gets called up. <laughs> well, it, today it's I pretty picked sad, up... though. Yeah, Luke, ahead, Weaver. yeah Luke Weaver. Yeah, today I picked up I mean, Luke Weaver, really? folks. Yeah, let's. Let's bring up a here. I'm the Cardinals organization. Let's bring up a guy that has not really shown any kind of breaking ball in any shape or form, who basically throws nothing but gas and a change at this point. Let's go ahead and throw him right into the fire. Hey, when you have when you have a FIP and an ERA like this kid and a, a, a K rate like he does, he, he doesn't. He listen. Mariano Rivera got through a people no problem with one pitch. Okay, this kid Ooh. because of Whoa. listen, it's a true story. Wow. Oh, listen, he did. No, he had one pitch. Minute. He was one Wait pitch a pitcher. 
wait a minute. First off, this folks, I hope Yankee fans up there are listening. We just well, not we, no we on this. Jester just used Mariano Rivera and Luke Weaver in the same sentence. First and foremost, secondly, sure. he pitched an inning. At least generally. one of them was a he first round a, pick, and he and he wasn't a starter. And when he started, he was terrible. Mariano Rivera. But you're talking about how so, this guy can't be successful because he doesn't have enough pitches. And I say, if you right, can locate one not, pitch well, it won't, doesn't matter. And this okay, kid so obviously is doing something, right? At the age of 20, he had, a, a, he had an under one whip at the age of 20. Right. At the age of 21, a one. At the age of 22, he has had a .95 in double A, a .67 uh-huh. in triple A. And currently, okay. right now, in AAA this year, has a mm-hmm. .93 whip. He has 49 okay. Ks to seven uh-huh. bases on balls. I uh-huh. will take that picture all day, any day. All right. So, two things. And let me finish on this now, kind sir. Sure. So, first off, while I'm saying this, have research go out there. I got a name for you. Give me the sure. AAA numbers for Blake Snell. Versus the major league numbers for Blake Snell, as an as a comparison. Okay, and Mariano Rivera didn't have to go through the order several times. If he saw more than three batters, it was breaking news. This you guy don't has think to go Weaver's through the, got the order. This okay. guy has to go through the order several times. All I'm saying is he's not ready. It's a big difference. Again. We'll, we'll we'll look at Mr. Snell's numbers versus AAA in the major league because Snell's a lights-out pitcher with actual breaking stuff. And it's a complete different animal in AAA versus the majors at this point. I think Weaver's going to be a dominant pitcher, but he's not even the top two pitcher in their organization as far as prospects go. Well, no, he is he is the second best. He's the second best behind uh, – Behind the kid that's hurt, behind Reyes. So, Mr. Um, Mr. Alex Reyes is the real deal. Is the first. Yeah, and then uh, Alcantara is the third best. But my point is this. My, he, Reyes is out till next year. You're going to see this mm-hmm. kid up in the major leagues before the end of the season without a question. And knowing that, knowing that you have – Knowing that you – yeah, exa- late, late in the season guy. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, knowing that you have this kind of arms in your in your minor leagues, isn't this the change that they should be making? When you have the five starters that St. Louis has, you can make that move. I'm sorry. Uh, at third, with Ger- uh, Jerko, <laughs> with Jed Jerko. <laughs> Okay, Jerko is not consistent. And I'm uh-huh. sorry, I like Matt Carpenter as a second baseman. I don't like him as a first baseman power guy. So you don't have any uh, – at the two corners where you, you, you get the, um, a lot of your power production. You've got inconsistency mm-hmm. at one end with a low batting average, and you don't have a lot of pop with Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Let's trade. Let's trade an arm. Let's trade two arms. Let's get some homers in there, folks. I mean, it's really not hard to figure out that you don't have a lot of big bats in your lineup, and you have a lot of arms. 
I mean, really? Uh, listen, so, so if the general manager okay. for St. Louis can't figure this one out, he shouldn't have a job. Well, if not, they can always find somebody to go spy on the Houston Astros uh, scouting uh, system, and I'm sure they can get their, you know, and get their people in there that way. But uh, if only you know, somebody thought of that. If only somebody would think of that. Uh, yeah. You know, let's be realistic, though. Let's use the team in their own division that didn't trade some of their top Josh Hader or any of their top pitching prospects away. They went overseas right. to pick up an Eric, Eric Thames. Uh, Eric Thames, right. however you want to say his name. You know, you can pick up a bat, a power bat, pretty much anywhere at this point. You can go get – look what Colorado did with uh, Reynolds, Mark Reynolds. You know, he was left yeah, on the team for average. You've got that. You've got that already with oh, Jerky. Let's look at Mr. Reynolds' batting average real quick before we say that. Yeah, that's fine. Research. Yeah, I mean, no worries. I can promise you, his um, his his career batting average is under two eighty. I'm willing to bet. Well, I'm not talking about career. We're talking about this year. We're talking about going and getting someone to help you in a particular season. I mean. This guy, you know, Mark Reynolds, for example, he provides pop. He provides a 297 average right now with 16 home runs and 51 RBIs. This is a guy that was left on the garbage heap who they went out and signed and is playing a prominent role in their offense in Colorado on a team that's in first place that's scoring a ton of runs. So, But do you I, know why? Because he's 33 years old. And before this year, he hit 230, 196, 220, 220, 220, 198, Mm -hmm. 260, 239. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's not exactly a threat. But he's old. What are his power numbers? What are his power power numbers? Yes, I know. But you've got that with Jerko. You've got a guy that can hit 25 home runs, no problem, but no average. You've got to have a steady bat performer, boomer in that lineup somewhere, at least one, if you're going to be a team that does any kind of winning, you need that consistent bat. You need that consistent bat. And that's the problem with KC. Let me ask you something. Going to KC. Oh, okay. Don't you think they have enough arms to to go ahead and trade? No. I don't think you ever have enough stud arms like that. And just because you trade a top top pitcher for a bat doesn't mean that bat comes around. I mean, look at CC Sebastia getting traded for Matt Laporta potty for the Indians. That guy was supposed to be the end-all, beat-all existence for the Brewers and couldn't couldn't stick in the majors. I mean, there's no guarantee. Now, you're married to Matt Laporta when you make that trade. But if I go sign Matt Reynolds for the league minimum, I'm only dating him. If he isn't getting it done, we can just dump him. There's no big deal. So I don't think you ever trade away your young, your young stud arms. No, 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 no. I'm not saying trade away the studs. I'm saying trade somebody from the current rotation. You've got Martinez, Wainwright, Waka, Lynn, Leak. You can trade one of those guys. You can trade. And, and, right you can now, trade Martinez a Wainwright. Not the only one. Martinez is about the only one that's going to bring any kind of comeback. Wainwright's having a wretched year again this year. Yeah. Uh, Waka, Leak. he started off great, fell off the planet. So, but anyway, KC, you mentioned KC. Let Waka four six seven ERA. That's terrible. no Leak, Leak, Leak. Oh, Leak. 
Mike Leake. Mike Leake is good, but Mike Leake's actually pretty good with the bat, too. Yeah. All right. So now, so you're not trading any of those pitchers for for a bat? That's not your solution for St. Louis? I don't think it is, just because I don't think you're going to get anything back in return that's worth it. What is your solution for St. Louis, then? I think, well, and unfortunately, I'm not bringing this name up in jest, but it just seems like that organization as a whole offensively hasn't recovered from the loss of Oscar Tavares a couple years ago, one of the top batting prospects. I think they need to basically start drafting some bats. If you look at St. Louis, they historically have drafted pitching. I think Mm -hmm. they need to start spending some time in the amateur draft and start getting some of these bats that are coming out. Are you writing them off then this year? Oh, St. Louis is yeah, smoke them, fry them. They're done this year. Okay. They don't have the pitching. They don't have the pitching staff in the majors to contend. You throw that kid Alex Reyes in there, and I like. They don't have a bat. You don't need a bat when your pitchers are doing that. There's other teams out there that are making it work that aren't scoring a ton of runs. Mm. Not not everybody scores the runs that the freaking Yankees can score in an inning. Let's be real. True. All right. All right. All right. So what about KC? Is is Bustakis just not what they thought he would be? Is Hosmer not what he they thought he would be? Is it time to move on from either one of them? I would think at this point, um, Hosmer's the guy you keep because I like Hosmer. Hosmer's still a good offensive player. I think he's having a rough year, but if you look at his career numbers, he's a guy that's above average, uh, but he's very good defensively, and he reminds me of one of those Mike Napoli types that the Cleveland Indians right now will tell you they wish they did not let leave because although his batting average is not very good, he was glue in the locker room. Edwin Encarnacion. He, he doesn't seem to want to talk to anyone, do anything. You had a guy like Napoli that was a veteran leader that was a glue for that clubhouse, and I think that's what Hosmer is in Kansas City. Well, because it, it's funny because the talk is is that they're going to trade him because the, he's they one may of have their few be. good chips. Yeah, he's one of their few good that's, chips. Well, you got a guy like uh, Jorge Bonifacio, who they finally got into the lineup on a, on a rel- you know, relatively normal basis. They can hit the cover off the ball. He's an outfielder. Uh, you know, they've got some of these other guys that they're finally given a chance to. Uh, remember a couple years ago, all the talk of Raul Mondesi Jr. Uh, and then he got hit for the 50-game ban, and he's never recovered from that. So I think some of their top prospects have taken a bit of a hit. And let's be realistic, the, one of the dumber trades I've seen in a while is trading a guy like Wade Davis away for a guy like Jorge Soler that's never come close <laughs> to living up to the expectations uh, of what he was supposed to be. I think you saw some suspect moves last year by the front office, and they're paying for it now. One other first baseman. Uh, we just uh, I, I, I've got Will Myers on the head a lot lately, a uh, guy that mm-hmm. is – Baffling me, he's uh, he's he's just not consistent. Though is he ever going to turn the corner? Uh, I mean, it just seems like he is just so streaky at the plate. Mm-hmm. There's no you know, there's it's, no it's great funny. consistency. 
you're right, and it's funny you say that, and this is no disrespect to these first three names I'm going to mention, but uh, Tony Gwynn, Steve Garvey, Robbie Alomar, this isn't Jack Murphy Stadium that they're hitting in anymore. Uh, Petco Park is notoriously tough on hitters. Um, I think a guy like Will Myers just, I think it has a lot to do with where he plays half his games a year. Not to mention AT&T Park when they play the Giants. You know, Chavez Ravine, big stadiums of the NL West. I mean, granted, you've got Arizona and Colorado, but big stadiums out in the West. I mean, I think if you put him back in the AL Central with Kansas City, put him in Tampa in the, in the Trop, I think you'd see a lot different numbers from him, but I think he's a victim of where he plays most of his games. All right, all right. Why don't we do a little uh, toast or slice, sliced bread? You know, folks, there's players out there that are uh, they're not doing what everybody might expect. Are they toast or are they uh, sliced bread? Okay, and, I, and I've got some names for the jester to, uh, totally. to go with. Are you ready for the first contestant? First contestant, hit it. Let's talk about used to be annual all-star Joe Maurer up in Minnesota. He's really fallen off the major league map and the fantasy map for that matter. So uh, what are your thoughts on Joe Maurer? I haven't. Uh, in a, in a, in a, the only thing decent so far is he, he's got, he, he's got a decent average this year is uh, 284. He's always had a decent average. He's never really bat. He, he's consistent there. But again, if you're building your fantasy team, more times than not, first base better be your power. I mean, you, you better be getting home runs out of first base. And uh, he is currently 34. And I'll give you an idea. It's been since 2009 when he was 26 did he hit uh, over 20 home runs. He hasn't hit over 11 since that time. So from a fantasy perspective – he and in the way I play the game, which is my first baseman, I got a real big bat there and bring in my home runs from the big boys, usually at first base. He has not been fantasy relevant for me for years. So I haven't drafted him. I haven't drafted him. I haven't traded for him. I haven't done anything for him in quite some time. So I put him as toast. Who do you have? So now, now, can I ask you? I want to elaborate on one thing with him. Do you think mm-hmm. if the Twins earlier in his career would have started playing him some at first base to rest the, you know, rest the everyday catcher, do you think that things would be a little different for him right now? Without a question. You see, when they had him earlier on in the career, good, great question, JT, because you've got to remember, you're talking about a guy who early on in his career hit 294, 347. Um, he was batting. Always above, way above 300, okay, for the first, like, five, six years. Right. And, and when you see the wear and tear of uh, catcher, okay, and the knees and all that, and you're starting to have those leg problems, hey, listen, the biggest thing for any hitter is their legs, okay? And if you notice, okay, he started having knee problems, leg problems, what happened? There went the power. And if you take a look at, the, you know, you mentioned Thames before from, uh, from uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. 
He came out like a house on fire, okay, looking like the guy who had hit 40 home runs in Japan. But, you know, here's the thing. Over the last couple of weeks, he hasn't had that home run production. Why? He's been having leg cramps, leg problems. They've been saying his legs are tired. As soon as those legs are gone, there goes the pop. So it's it's a case where, no, I'm sorry. They should have kept him. That was a fantastic question. Should have kept him at first base without a, no doubt. All right. So let's, uh, let's move on. Let's uh, jump over to the uh, national league and let's go with a younger guy, a guy that had a great pedigree, high draft pick by the Oakland A's then traded unceremoniously for Jeff Samarja to the Cubs. Addison Russell, the guy just, I, what are your thoughts on what's this guy's problem offensively? Well, offensively, um, he's been charged uh, with the offense of uh, domestic violence. That's about the only offense well, he has. Oh, <laughs> hey, at least he connected with something. It's about the only thing he's connected with uh, in years. And uh, no, it, it, here's again, here's a guy that he is a product of what I've said before. This is a young man that was rushed. This was a young man with a lot of talent that was rushed, got to the limelight. And look, let me tell you something. You notice he, he, he's showing signs of being immature. He's got domestic violence issues, okay? So he's not exactly the most mature young man. And you're starting to see, if you take a look at the stats, okay, he was rushed through, through all the different leagues. He went from rookie to triple A in a year and a half. Wow. From 18 okay. to 19, he went to triple A. And, and, you know, he was doing great. In A ball, 17 home runs at the age of 19. So then go, why don't you just bring him to double A? Why do you have to rush him to triple A? No, you send him to triple A, he falls flat on his face. You send him back to A ball, he falls flat on his face. Mm-hmm. All in the year, 20, right. 20 years old. And now he's trying to find himself. Now they got him, okay, 20 years old. He's struggling in A-ball. Let's, let's change leagues. They actually changed leagues for him. They moved him to double-A and promoted him, even when he wasn't even ready for that, just because it, it, it wasn't working. Okay, so they figured, okay, different set of coaches. And they, they got mm-hmm. his hitting back again. What do they do as soon as they get the, his hitting back? They promote him, AAA, fine. He's hitting there. He's in AAA less than a year. They rush him again, and sure enough, there's a 300 hitter that now can't hit over 240 since then. Right. You know, and and let me ask 209 you this. right now. Last time I let me ask you this. You, we, we talked about Joe Mowry, catcher, one of the tougher mm-hmm. positions to play defensively or be prepared for on a day-in and day-out basis. I would say shortstop in the major leagues is kind of a, a similar position that it seems like you would let a guy get comfortable defensively down in the minors first, let him, you know, because he played second base a lot. They brought him up in, in, and put him at second base with the Cubbies. So just it seems like they've kind of jerked him around the infield a little too much, and I think that's affected his offensive game. Well, what it's done, too, is 
It's made him feel like he's had to produce. You're talking about a guy who used to walk at an 11, 12% rate, who is currently, over the past couple of years now, he's walking 2%, 8%. You know, so uh, again, things are just changing for how his approach to the game. And again, that is being rushed. And you can't rush somebody. Didn't somebody see that he's not the most mature young man? There's no way that he can hide that being mature. Okay. Not a mature grown men that have been around the leagues for a while can spot somebody immature a mile away. You would think CO Epstein may have dropped the ball on that one. He's made some great moves, but maybe, uh, maybe uh, missed the boat on him. Yeah, yeah, there's one that Theo, you know, for all the great ones that he's done, and I'm not going to knock Theo, you just can't, okay? You just can't. But there's one, hey, listen, nobody's perfect in their moves, but that's one of them that he just shouldn't have been rushed. So, um, last question on him. Last question on him. Change change of scenery. Yeah, maybe a small market team for a little while and, uh, yeah, expectations playing on a team that's the World Series champ. Uh, let me ask you something. Do you think he's better suited to play second base or shortstop in, in, in the show? i go ahead and move him over back to second. I agree. I agree completely. Let him, let, let him yeah, no. Let him go over to second. Let him relax there. It's not, not it's hot for him there. Okay, he's comfortable there. And let him get back to getting his rhythm at the plate. Worrying, worrying solely about that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let him clear up uh, whatever he's got to clear up now legally and all that stuff. But, yeah, that, that's a young man that he, is, he, he he's toast unless he grows up or, or gets to an organization that helps uh, mentor young players that mm. are struggling. I think, uh, I think a guy like Terry Francona could do one. I was with him. just going with Francona. So absolutely agree. Um, so what would you call him then? What, what's your label for him? Toast? No. He's so sliced still bread if he can get his head together. Okay. Yeah, there's still plenty of time. He's 23 years old. Okay. This all could turn so, around. This all could turn around next year for him. Maybe this will be if, the wake-up call. That one, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but if the legal situation, if the legal situation and the scare of all that and the possibility of losing stuff because of it, if it actually speeds the maturity process, you could see, and a change of vocale, you could see a guy, uh, uh, comeback player of the year next year because uh, all of a sudden he's hitting the ball left and right again and he's got his head straight. He has the talent. Head on. He's had the, yeah, he's no, had no the doubt. talent from a young age. He's got the pedigree. Now, hopefully if the head can catch up, hey, listen, the head might never catch up and, and he, he could be toast already. But, no, I'm not going to give up on slice uh, because of his age. I'm not going to okay. give up on the okay. idea of slice bread. So, you got? so let's move on to this next player. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a guy that this is directed more because it just seems like he can't stay healthy now. Third baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, Josh Donaldson. Right. Well, 
I, I I do have him in a, a couple leagues, and it's been it's been tough. I don't have him, in, as you know, in uh, the keeper league with us, and I don't have him in another mm-hmm. keeper league. Uh, I just I, I don't see. Uh, again, here you go. The legs again. Power hitter, leg issues. Stay away. I'm just. This is. He's not going to get. You know. Remember one thing. <laughs> He's not going to get any younger. He's 31, and he's starting to have leg issues. This year, how do I look at it? This year, he's toast. He might still have another couple of years in him. Don't get me wrong. But hopefully, the leg issues stop. But if you're looking as far as this year, and you're in a re, in a regular redraft league. It's not a dynasty league or a keeper league or anything like that. Go ahead and trade him. I've got him on okay. the block in, in a couple of the ones, and uh, just because now he's back. And uh, I listen. He he had this problem. He had the calf problems during the uh, during the preseason. Okay. Now he's having mm-hmm. the problems, and I don't see going through the rigors of a full MLB season and playing out there. Listen, you know, I understand that he plays third, but he still has to be uh, running at times on that AstroTurf. That is killer on legs. Again, just another thing, old guy having leg problems. Redraft league, toast. Um, Keeper league? Slice bread once the uh, once he has that off season and gets those legs back under him. Okay. So it's, it's okay, both I got on him. One last one for you. One okay. last one for you. And I just want to throw in on Donaldson, another guy that spent the majority of his early career with Oakland. That was a catcher before Oakland mm-hmm. decided to shift him to third base. Mm-hmm. Um, last mm-hmm. guy. This is, this guy is kind of a lightning rod, depending on who you talk to. Uh, Dodgers left field first base rookie sensation Cody Bellinger. You know, it's a shame. Sometimes you just don't adjust. Or you're not coached to adjust or you don't want to hear that you have to adjust or something. The kid came up, as many of us know, uh, that love the sport and have paid attention to the rookies coming up, he came out like a bat out of hell. Yeah, right he now, he's hitting 170 with three home runs over the last 53 at-bats, the last 14 games. He is striking out at over 40%, folks. Now, if that doesn't scream, sit him, sit him, adjust him, coach him, talk to him, or... Is he, again, you know, somebody that we've talked about that all of a sudden the league figures him out, they don't make the adjustments, and that's it. It is really that simple. If you can't make the adjustments, that's it. You're done. That is how quick it is for the pros. Once you get to that level, sure, you can do well because they don't know you. Once they have a book on you and they see your tendencies and your weaknesses, it's professional. They're going to keep going it after is, <laughs> It is, and I want to throw this it's out personal, there. It's personal, folks. <laughs> it is personal, what he's done to some people. So here's my thought there. A lot of people think it's the pitchers. 
In reality, I think it's more MLB catchers are just so good and crafty at their at what they do. They study these batters and know right where their weak spots are and where their hot zones are, and they call the game accordingly. It's not the pitchers, in my opinion. It's what the catchers are doing to them. Which is, you know, it's funny what you're saying about the catchers. And not to get off uh, Bellinger, I will get back on Bellinger in a second. That's one of the things I like about Sanchez for the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Cole's a nice game. He has, listen, I love the Yankees. Everybody knows that. He has a very mediocre, at best, Tanaka struggling rotation still Second best ERA. Something to be said there, folks. He's he's call, he's hitting and calling a great game. One of the young stars in the game. Uh, somebody I I I, I kind of see him almost Molina like. Ooh, which one? There's like seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yachty. See, it's funny you say that. I see him more of a Benji Molina type. Oh yeah, he's Yachty. Well, if you look at, if you watch Yachty when he calls his games, mm. there's no interaction really with the batter. Whereas when Benji would call his games, Benji always has something to say to the, say to the hitters, or he plays right. line games with some of these hitters. And I watch Sanchez. He's a guy that I've actually been a fan of for three or four years now. That I've been waiting for them to bring this kid up, uh, more so from the fantasy game than because I'm not a Yankees fan by any stretch, but. Uh, you watch him chirp and mess with some of these hitters, and it's almost like he gets these hitters out of their game before they even step in the plate, which is mm-hmm. why the Yankees have such a good ERA at this point because I think Sanchez is screwing with these guys' heads head. before the pitch is even thrown. You know, so, you know who I used to love to watch? He would do it, and uh, 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 he was a Boston Red Sox, so I'll tell you uh, – I got to give him kudos if I'm if I, if I'm talking about Carlton Fisk. Oh yeah, Carlton Fisk, folks. Uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know from years ago, uh, All Star catcher and a guy that really was nasty. You think about the nasty guy talking crap and physical catcher and and, and just would deal the blow. Somehow you're running and come coming to the plate and he'd be the one delivering the blow and uh, just a real tough, tough guy and would talk a lot of, a lot of crap to the uh-huh. player. So yeah, yeah no, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. I like that. I like that comparison better. That is good. No, back to Bellinger. Let's get back to Bellinger. No, there's, uh, they, he's toast if they don't send him back to the minors. Okay. Let him go work on the adjustments. Maybe. You're not going to don't obviously, obviously he's not getting it and there's no sign of him getting it. When you're talking about two straight weeks and there's no sign, once that turns into the third week, send him down, let him regroup. There's no hurt. Again, so many of these teams rush these guys. They have fantastic talent. Stop rushing the young men. Men. Yep. And, and let me throw this out there to piggyback what you're saying. If you don't send him down, Dodgers, or get him right, I am afraid you're going to see uh, Kyle Schwarber 2.0, a guy that bats 179 
with, you know, 70 strikeouts up to this point and seven or eight home runs, you know, heck, I mean, he can only strive to hit 231 like Rob Deere at this point. It's uh, it, 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 because what happens is it gets in their head and they just can't get out of it. And the, the game is, it is mental. Hitting is mental. It always. Ninety percent of the game is fifty percent. It's that mental. That's right. That's true. It is a true statement. But no, uh, if I had to say, uh, I, I would toast. I would toast him for this year. I've already started dropping him in leagues. I've already started dropping him in leagues because there's players like today. Uh, JT uh, informed me, and uh, be- just before we went on air, I went and picked him up in literally every league, folks. And if you're if he's available in your league, uh, Lewis Brinson was called up today. I'd rather have him <laughs> at this point. And, uh, he is a take polished, polished 25-year-old as well, a guy that the Rangers seasoned properly, and the Brewers continued that after the Lufroy trade. So, yes, Lewis Brinson won. I can't wait to watch. Didn't rush him. Didn't rush him. And they, he plays in a hitter-friendly park, so – uh, I would go ahead and take him over a struggling uh, Ballinger right now. Uh, swap him out if he's available in your league. If you're playing, if you're listening, and you play in a league with me uh, or JT, he's not available. No. <sighs> well, now, let's pay some bills. Now wait a minute, Jester. I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed this. I like this segment. I think we need mm-hmm. to. Uh, push this over to football when we hit that a little later in the show as well. Yeah, we've got football coming up right after the break. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. While we're on break and I'm uh, paying some bills here, why don't you go ahead, come up with a couple of football players for me to go ahead, do the same thing. We'll do toast and slice or sliced bread after the break when we talk football and the ratings by Tate Dello. Folks, you're listening to the Fantasy Jester Show, and I am the Fantasy Jester. Tonight, free air. We still have to talk about that. Oh, my Lord. Free air. <sighs> Let's pay some bills first. Anyway, brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com. Your kingdom for fantasy sports and more. It's the and more part that you're really going to like. <sighs> We're brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. You hear this? It's because Blog Talk is the best. And so is their customer service. Love these people. Blog Talk Radio, you want to start a podcast, go over there. Just don't take my hours. Don't even try it. I'll crush you. How dare you even think it. Breadfromyourbed.com. The folks at breadfromyourbed.com, Joey and the gang, will be more than glad to help you set up your new business. Listen, are you tired of the rat race? Are you tired of just, oh, just missing? If I only had a couple more dollars. Either case, you want to get out of your current job, start up your own business from home, but really just don't know how. Whether it's from building the website or social media management, because that is your advertising now, is all on social media. Have somebody handle all this for you, show you how to set it up, and then handle it for you. This way you can go ahead and concentrate on your business. Joey and the gang, 
right, from your bed.com will help you set up that business. As a matter of fact, right now, right now, I mean, right now, well, no, no, after the show, write this down, bread from your bed.com. Tell them the jester sent you and get a free five page website. Find out how. Also on there, they'll tell you how to go ahead and make a couple dollars from them. Maybe you just want to make a couple dollars a little, little ways to save money. How to go ahead if you're grocery shopping, get pennies on the dollar. That adds up. All these little ways, and all of a sudden, they go ahead and you do like three or four of these different things that Joey and the gang shows you to do. You don't have to start up a new business. You got a couple of dollars here and there coming in just to tie you over. All different ways, whatever way you want to make money, whatever way you want, wherever you want to go with it, whether it's just a couple of dollars a week to being a millionaire, Joey and the gang have the setup. They have proven success. You can see their record. Million-dollar companies go to Joey and the gang. Why shouldn't you? Let Joey help you. Breadfromyourbed.com. And also, don't forget, <laughs> do not forget Deep Obsession Charters, folks. Fantastic. Listen, if you're, it doesn't matter. If you're in the Florida area or you're going to visit Florida and you want to go on some amazing dives, and whether or not you're a, a certified diver, they also have snorkel dives and everything like that fantastic locations that they take you to whether you want to see reef uh, dive or uh, how about a wreck dive boats sunken boats sunken planes absolutely incredible but the best one the best one that they do is the baited shark dive you can go ahead and interact with sharks no cage don't pay attention to what goes on on Shark Week. Go to Ryan and the Gang, Deep Obsession, Charters, West Palm Beach, and they'll show you just how much the sharks are literally there. They love the affection and being rubbed. They're like dogs. It is, it's incredible to watch. It is an incredible scene. And if you want to do that, whether you're a certified diver, they have the certified dives with the sharks, and they also do snorkel dives with the sharks. So if they have it for everybody, a fantastic time, deep obsession charters. Land <sighs> Metalcraft, I've mentioned them. All your custom metal, Volusia County, and throughout the nation, 84 Lumber. You're building projects at home, all your wood projects and more roofing. You know? They're no different than Home Depot. Go to Home Depot, go look at their prices. Go to Lowe's, look at their prices. Then go to 84 Lumber, check out their prices. Tell them Jester sent you. All right, gang. That's enough of the bills. How about some of us? How about some more about us? How about this one? We've got some great guests coming up. And I mentioned also about the Gridiron guys. We're going to have that announcement next weekend. Tune in. We've got some major things that we're going to go ahead and finally Get out there. What's coming up this summer for the Fantasy Jester fans? 
Stay tuned. We're going to have that. Also, don't forget, besides here on Blog Talk Radio, you can go to FantasyJusticeSports.com to hear us. You can go to iTunes to hear us, Fantasy Justice Show, or you can go ahead and get yourself the app. That's right. Go to AppMaker.com, A-P-P-M-A-K-R.com. Keyword, Fantasy Jester, it'll pull on up. Doesn't matter, iPhone or Android, we have the app for you. Then it becomes one touch. Boom, you got everything. You've got the articles from Fantasy Jester Sports. You've got the YouTube connection for all the videos that we put out, whether it's for Fantasy Jester or for FXE. Gives you access to both. Don't forget about that. See, we also have the FXE we'll be talking about later on in the show. A little, little tease for you this so that you listen in this Wednesday. Got some good stuff coming up. But the Fantasy Jester app, yeah, folks, this is the place to go. And then you can go ahead and check out all the archived editions of the Fantasy Jester show. You can hear all the players. This is, listen, there's a reason why all the players are starting to listen to us. You heard the football players at the beginning. We're getting everybody in here little by little in a year. We've had some fantastic guests, and we're lining up some more. Go check out some of the interviews over the past year we have had. I promise you, you will have some great times. Obviously, the stats, but the laughs. When you talk about whether it's uh, Jeff Cross, uh, you know, you're talking to Shannon Moore, or you, we, we, oh my Lord, how about Jim Rosenhaus? What a great story he's told. You know, again, so many different guests that we've had in all different walks of life. Luke Akins, the guy who dropped, <laughs> fell out of the sky, literally fell. When you don't have a parachute on, you fall. That's all you do. You fall. <laughs> 25,000 25,000 feet That's when he jumped from a plane With no parachute Into a net Go ahead You can see the article On fantasyjusticesports.com You get to see the video there of it And then Either while you're there Or on Blog Talk Or on the app Or on iTunes Go listen to the interview Find out what he had to say when he was first approached about it. Great stuff, folks. All right. We've paid some bills. We've patted ourselves on the chest, on the back for having a great show. Let's get JT back in here. We've got some more sports coming your way. Next up, we have the NFL. We're going to talk again. We'll do the sliced bread and the toast with JT, and then we've also got the uh, review. JT and I are going to review the Tate Dello article that you can find right now. Well, no, after the show again. Stop, Stop with right now. Not right now. In a little bit. Go read Tate's article. Right now, we're going to talk about it, though. It, his, his fantasy football ratings for the running back position. Go ahead, JT. How are you, sir? I'm ready to go. We're talking football now, so uh, I'm ready to hear what Tate has uh, for his rankings, but you can give me the rundown five to one. 
Uh, you know, I got to be honest with you. It's very interesting, and I really I, I find myself um, not agreeing with any of it. <laughs> well written. Well, no, well written. Well, you know, he's got his stats in there and everything, and uh, you know, that's the that, he. Okay, he starts off with that number one, Le'Veon Bell. And I don't even I I I, don't, I have Bell listed as fifth on on my uh, list. What do you have Bell at? Well, I mean, if you uh, yes, he missed the first four games last year. But if whether you're talking PPR or you're talking uh, standard scoring, and, or even just NFL rankings, you're talking about a guy that averaged the most points per game played of any running back in the NFL last year. I have him at three. Uh, five a little higher than you, a okay. little lower than Tate. Okay, so, so Tate has him at one. JT has him at three, and I have him at four. All right, Tate goes ahead at number two. He has Ezekiel Elliott. That's the one. That's the only one that I have the same. I have Zeke at two. I have Zeke at two. I have no problem with that uh, young man. He won't won't see 322 carries again. Okay. But uh, uh, that'll drop him down a little bit. But I think you're going to see him uh, catch the ball a little bit more than the 32 uh, receptions he had. You're going to see a little bit more out of the passing game. So his overall yards will probably stay about the same. They're just not going to hand it to him and let him take a beating all the time. I, I, I think that he's oh. off of that. Leaving due him still at number talent, two. Due to his talent and combined offensive line uh, in the second year from Dak Prescott, maybe we'll see a little bit more respect from defenses. Uh, the safeties may have to sag back a little bit if uh, Des Bryant can do anything more than a 50-catch season. Uh, I still have Ezekiel at two as well. So, rest number two on my board. He's two. Bell is three on my list so far. Okay. All I right. think you're going to see a spike, though. I think you're going to see a spike in touchdowns. I think a significant spike in touchdowns. Let's see. He's got at number three, David Johnson. Okay. And I have actually have David Johnson at number one on my list. I have David Johnson at number one on my list. Well, I mean, you're talking about a combined, you're talking about a guy that I think, and forgive me if I'm wrong, Jester, I don't think he quite did it last year, but I think you could see the first running back since Marshall Falk to go 1,000 rush, 1,000 receiving in the same season. It's likely because, again, I'm really just not overall impressed with the Arizona uh, wide receiver situation. So I I can see him getting the ball a lot out of that backfield. And, yeah, why not? He had 80 receptions. Well, I don't see them not doing that again. Yeah, 2,000 total yards. I mean, this guy guy is the – and he stayed healthy. 
He, you know, he's mm-hmm. a three-down back. Well, so, and let's be honest, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians has said it many times, and I I'll agree with him. Show me a better blocking wide receiver than Larry Fitzgerald as well. Folks, if you don't have a receiver that blocks for you downfield, you're not ripping off these runs that uh, David Johnson's getting. So don't you know? Let's not discount the fact that he's got something like that out there as well. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I like I said, I have him. I have him at number one in pretty much any format. <laughs> exactly. I don't care the format. David Johnson's my my ace. Okay, so that's he's got him at three. Now here, okay. Number four, he's got Sean McCoy. Well, I mean, he's uh, a Buffalo fan. That's right. That explains it. I'm sitting there going, why the hell does he have Sean McCoy in the top five? He's got McCoy at five and DeMarco Murray at, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, he's got Sean McCoy at four and DeMarco Murray Mm -hmm. at five. Okay. Now, Um, I definitely don't agree with DeMarco Murray, probably more so than the McCoy. You feel the same way? Are they in your top five? Oh, it's great. Let, let's no. Neither one of them are. Let's be realistic. They're not far outside my top five. They are in that five or six to ten range. But let's be realistic. Another year, uh, Demarco Murray. Another. You looked two years ago. You had the magnificent year. Or was it three years ago in Dallas where he had all those touches? The next year he wasn't the same guy. Now, granted, he played for an idiot like Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. That may have something to do with it. But he just didn't physically look like the same runner. I wonder if the season he had last year doesn't take a little toll, as does Derrick Henry perhaps uh, siphon some of those touchdowns and, and, and short yardage carries from the guy. So I don't have him in my top five. But Sean McCoy, great running back, really has done well on a team that really has no passing game. So defenses do stack the box. But again, I just don't see what Shady McCoy brings to be uh, to the game to be a top five guy. Um, who do you have it for? Uh, just real quick on that DeMarco Murray thing, too. Uh, there's no way he goes ahead and gets 293 carries again. No way. I'll say that right now. I would bet the farm on it that Derrick Henry eats into those without a question. Okay. Um, no, I have them both off of the, off of the board. Actually, um, what I have is here's my top five, okay. Um, and actually, I'll give you my top six. I have uh, Howard at six. I have Melvin Gordon at five. I have Bell at four, and the one that we haven't talked about, I have at three is Jay Ajay. I have Jay Ajay at four. Okay. You got a guy. So, that, you got a guy that worked on his receiving game relentlessly this offseason to add to a guy we already saw with three 200-yard games rushing the ball last season. So I would think uh, top five is the right place for him. Uh, JHI was uh, fourth in uh, rushing last year and didn't start the full season. Week five. Yeah. Yeah. And he was fourth in rushing. Thank you. And, and Thank he's you, worked on his – Sorry, <laughs> a waste of time, huh? So we've got we've got 
pretty much uh, the same top four. The top Number four five, with Ajay and Bell different. I've got Gordon and Howard. Who do you have at five and six? Well, at five, I have a guy that uh, his new offensive coordinator has already said that he'd like to do away with this two-back system and lean more on this particular back as a bell cow. A guy in Atlanta named Devontae Freeman, I think you're going to see an absolutely enormous year from this kid with him getting more touches. I think the kid can do it. I think he's completely underappreciated by the NFL fan and the fantasy fan on top of that. Uh, So I have him in a great offense. No safeties can sag on this guy either because Julio Jones will absolutely destroy you if you do. So uh, I like Freeman at five. At six, I'm going to throw a guy out there that some people may be surprised about, but everything I read and the situation that I see says that going into next season, I have Mr. Leonard Fournette as the sixth-ranked running back on my board a guy that has already been called by Tom Kaufman to say have the best hands of any player on the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, as well as running routes like the receivers out of the backfield. You couple receiving games with this kid's already, I'm going to kick your ass running game. He can be fun to watch. So I'm going to throw him out there as my number six. Uh, Kate has uh, the two rookies to – Take a look at is Fournette and McCaffrey. Do you have McCaffrey as uh, number two? I did until they took McCaffrey 2.0 and uh, Samuel from Ohio State. I know there's people that want to sit here, David Mullins, who want to sit here and say, oh, no, he's going to play wide receiver. They're going to use him the same way the Chiefs use Tyreek Hill. He's going to run the ball, catch the ball. So I like Christian McCaffrey. But the guy that I think people need to keep a look at is Kareem Hunt in Kansas City. Huh. Now, you see, I was going to say if there's somebody to watch, uh, and uh, let's say he grows up. I think Mr. Mixon's going to be a bad boy. I agree with you. I just don't, if this was next year when we were talking, I would agree with you. They've got one year left to Jeremy Hill. They're gonna Cincinnati's gonna ride him into the ground. Giovanni Bernard is still a guy to reckon with running and receiving. I don't think I think that they're gonna give Mixon some touches, but I think he's gonna to have to earn his role in the community before he earns his role on the field. Interesting. Interesting. All right. We'll find out. Hey, listen, if the kid starts running the like a rape deep, it's not going to matter. <laughs> and he is, he, he can do it. He can do it. It's going to be interesting. Well, no, I well, like, uh, one last, I, I, one I last, like your, uh, one last I like your top six. I like it better than okay. Tate. Okay. Sorry, Tate. Well, one last name to throw out there that we haven't mentioned. Uh, Redskins yeah. fans, Samaje Perrine. Mm. Understand. Understand, this kid is no slouch in any way, shape, or form. Yes, he ran with Mr. Mixon at Oklahoma, but this guy is going to beat Fat Rob out for that job with little trouble. Kelly's already been moved down the list. He's already so, been moved down the well, list. They you, already made that you've got Jones. So. I do like Chris Thompson coming out of the backfield. Chris Thompson to me is a, a – 
almost Darren Sproles type of player out of the backfield, but I really like Samaje Kareem this year as another rookie to watch. Yeah, that's a good pick there. It's a real nice pick. Well, we're at that time. Want to do some? Uh... Yes, yes, yes. And slice bread or toast. We're talking about running back. Okay. We're talking about running back, so I want to lead off with that position. Actually, not once but twice. Okay. The guy that two years ago, as or two seasons ago as a rookie, lit the world on fire through his first ten, twelve games, and ever since has fallen off the planet. In Todd Gurley, what are your thoughts on Todd Gurley? Well, you take a look at he he's a young kid and my problem with this is though is that he he caught forty six passes and they're talking about now the idea of he's gonna catch less passes because they're gonna go with a third down back. He's not even gonna be on the field for three downs anymore. That's a mm. he's are you ready? They're gonna have him lose time to Lance Dunbar after being the <laughs> offensive rookie. This guy was the offensive rookie of the year in two thousand fifteen and now he's gonna lose time on third downs to Lance Dunbar. Jeff Fisher's still in the LA. <laughs> My Lord. What are you guys doing? Yeah, I don't I don't get that. I just I just don't understand. You've got a guy that can go ahead and average six, seven yards a carry in foot, in college, is a beast, has some speed, goes ahead his first year, getting five yards, almost five yards a carry, and now all of a sudden he can't come out for you on third. He's coming out for Lance Dunbar. On third downs. Wow. Um, the, the team is toasting him. I don't know if he's toast, <laughs> but as long as he's on that team, he is. How's that? Is that is that a suitable answer? No, that that is a suitable answer, which you're talking about team, which leads me to my next question. Let's talk about Alabama Crimson Tide running backs in the NFL because you've got guys that were high picks like Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, Mark Ingram, that have absolutely – and I'm sorry, Ingram hasn't lived up to the Heisman hype either. Do you think there's something that inherently maybe – does Alabama run these kids into the ground? That, I mean, what is it about these Bama running backs that doesn't translate to the NFL game? Um, the defenses that they're facing. The defensive, okay. scheme, the defensive schemes that they're facing. Got to remember, uh, on most college teams, okay, that defense, for the most part, is fair to Midland. There's no pro defense. Nobody plays pro defense. You have you have a limited amount of teams that play pro offense in college, let alone play pro defense. The, the schemes of a pro defense and, and having the talent – at all levels to go ahead and pull that off. It's very vanilla. The other thing, my thing about uh, Lacey, okay, is, is this. What What's going to happen now? Okay. He had surgery. He has a couple of screws and plate and all this stuff, okay? 
to 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 work on his ankle. Ankle injuries, I don't know if anybody's out there has had an ankle injury, they'll tell you. Ankle injuries never go away. Ever. Here's what's going to happen with Mr. Lacey. You have him on your team. He's going to do really well right at the beginning. Sure, he's going to rah-rah, okay, and and Pete Carroll's going to have him all pumped, and yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go, okay, and he's going to run great for about until week four, maybe week six, and then that ankle's going to say F you. So here's what you're going to do. You go ahead, you take a lacy. You let him run crazy those first, first two weeks, first three weeks. Let him run crazy. Let him have a ball, and then trade him real quick, folks. That's your fantasy tip. We're out of time already. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. JT, man, it's been yes, great. It I hope you have as much fun as I did. <laughs> Always do. All right, man. I'll talk to you uh, Wednesday, FXE Live. For the rest of you, Sounds folks, good. tonight, free air. That's right. The air is free. What did you think I was bringing free air? Who? Let me ask you something. If you fell for that, I've got some land down here in Florida for you. You've got to be kidding me. Free air. What is free air? What is Chester got? Chester got you. That's what he got. Anyway, folks. That's it. Hey, free air brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com. I am the Fantasy Jester for JT and the gang. Thanks so much for joining us as always. Look forward to next week. Have a great one, folks. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I am the Jester. I'm out of here. Opportunity sees everything you ever wanted. One moment that you captured.